Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm here in the studio with today's guest. She's a copywriter who's recently moved back to Herefordshire and is about to scale her copywriting business. She's been a journalist for a little over 10 years for titles including Country Life, Sussex Life, Utility Week and Bakery Business. Having been asked to write for friends and family over the years, she found she both enjoyed the work and that it was making a real difference to people, businesses and crucially to profits. Having seen increases in profit margins by up to 30% for her clients, as a result of her work, she's now ready to scale her business and bring her services to more people. Hopefully, I've used the right words in my introduction. She is Alice Cook. How are you doing, Alice? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> good, yeah. I think we should uh, fully disclose that we are re-recording that because my memory card was full and <laughs> I had to get a new one and start again. <laughs> and we'd, uh, we'd done a good five minutes, but um, never mind. We're practiced now, aren't we? Yeah, totally professional. So, <laughs> profesh. Cool. Um, your website is a girl of my word dot com, mm-hmm. which, as we said earlier, is a cool name. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I actually came up with it really quickly because people often yeah. go, oh, how did you think of it? And I thought, oh, what should I call my business? A girl of my word. Just kind of happened. OK. Like an epiphany, but slightly less important. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, though, because... It both obviously says that, you, you know, you do copywriting, but it also kind of, you know, it, it says that we can trust you as well, doesn't it? It surely does. Yeah. Unintentionally clever. No, intentionally clever. Intentionally yeah, I was clever. I say, a clever <laughs> bit of wordsmithing there. <laughs> cool. Cool. So, uh, yeah, you're living back in Herefordshire these days, or yep. in Herefordshire. Yep, yep. Just south of Hereford with a view of the Brecon Beacons, which is... Rather amazing. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. And you were living in Sussex before that? I was. I was in West Sussex, where I was born and grew up. Um, and then, yeah, made, made the trek up to Herefordshire to where my parents live. That was my reason for moving here. Mm-hmm. Um, which is annoying because they said that I would eventually. They moved here eight years ago from Sussex. And <laughs> Now they've been proven right, which is annoying. <laughs> they just loved it and uh, thought you'd love it too. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they describe Herefordshire as a less uh, built-up version of Sussex, which is definitely true, but I think downplays it. It's I think it's more beautiful. Sorry, Sussex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. No one in Sussex will be listening. So. <laughs> you just can't guarantee that. <laughs> so you're enjoying it here? Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's very new, but yeah. so far so good. <laughs> yeah, cool. Excellent, excellent. Um, and yeah, we were chatting before and realised that we both went to Leeds University. You started the year okay. I finished, yeah. so we didn't quite cross. But um, what did you study at, at Leeds? I did English literature, mm-hmm. which is every bit as pretentious as it sounds. I just read books all the time, plays, <laughs> books, poems. I actually discovered the other day some poems that I wrote to university. Incredibly pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, I almost ripped them up, but then it was too funny, so I had to keep them. But yeah, oh. The life yeah. of an English student. Just love a word. <laughs> it's that time of life, isn't it, I suppose, where you kind of 
taking yourself a bit seriously because you're trying to work stuff out, but maybe a bit too seriously. Yeah, taking yourself a little bit too seriously if my poem's anything to go by. Right, yeah, I should have got you to bring one in. Maybe, <laughs> <shouldn't> I? <laughs> Thank God I didn't tell you about them. Oh, terrible. Oh, uh, well. Um, so, cool. So, you, you, after uni, you went back to Sussex? I actually went to Wiltshire. Oh, okay. Um, because uh, I had told my parents all through school that I really wanted to ride horses professionally, which, by the way, no one should ever do because you never make any money and you just hurt yourself. <laughs> but... They said I could do it after university and I think they were betting on the fact that I would lose interest like every other normal person in the world does (laughs) when they grow out of horses. But I didn't and I got to the end of of university and I was like, so now I'm going to go and ride horses and they kind of had to keep to their word (laughs) or I pushed them to keep to their word. So I went to ride horses in Wiltshire with a professional event rider which was really fun and total waste of my English literature degree (laughs) but uh, eventually came to an end when I broke a bone (laughs) because that's what you do Um, and then went for work experience at Country Life um, which I only did because my father was badgering me to do something useful and I had to relent in the end so I didn't think I'd enjoy it at all and then I really did. You loved it. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So it was that, that broken bone was a, a good turn of events in many ways. You could say. I had to um, <laughs> take very strong drugs and poor mummy was working from home at the time and had to uh, endure me babbling about goodness knows what while I got through the broken <laughs> collarbone. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So how do you like just go and become a professional horse rider? I mean, so just don't. Go and get a, I mean, yeah, I know you're saying don't, but like, it sounds like one of those things that you would have to sort of work your way up to quite a lot and then kind of get picked and then and then get sponsored, I don't know. But it sounds like you just went and got a job as a professional horse rider. Well, no, I definitely was not a professional horse rider. I was a working pupil for a professional horse rider, uh, which I, I think is right. how you start off. But in truth, to be a professional rider... You need to have a massive amount of backing, either by a very generous benefactor yeah. <laughs> or your parents. <laughs> <laughs> One and the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I didn't have that, but that wasn't the reason. It was the broken bone that did for me. But yeah, yeah I think that's how you become a professional horse rider. Right, and don't fall okay. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose that's pretty key to uh, successful horse riding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stay okay, okay. So uh, one question that I, I wanted to ask when we did this previously, <laughs> five minutes ago. This is the point we got up to, by the way, isn't it, everybody? This is um, now going to be fresh and This new. is fresh now from here. But what I did <laughs> want to ask was, if you wanted to be a professional horse rider, why didn't you go to like one of the agricultural unis or something rather than the metropolis that is Leeds? Um, because <laughs> that's not how you learn to be a rider, really. You kind of... Yeah, you don't, you don't, it's not something you can learn at university. Right. No, but I mean, you would have had the chance, presumably, to ride while you were at university. Yes, that is true. Um, I think... I never really wanted to do that, to be honest. I wanted to go to somewhere a bit more cosmopolitan. And I kind of... I'd seen other people become proper riders whilst being at university, normal right. university, as opposed to agricultural. Okay. So it, didn't, it wasn't like a... Yeah. Was it one or the other? Decided I could have it all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was just thinking you can't practice horse riding that well from 
please. But then thinking about it, you can get out to the countryside pretty quick from there, can't you? Yeah, I did manage yeah. to do both. Yeah, okay. Vaguely successfully. <laughs> no, I'm going to say successfully. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So you, you got this position at, at Country Life, mm. and that was what, what were we doing? Were you doing writing at that stage? Yes. So I, they basically told me they were interviewing for a features writer, and I should interview because it would be good f to practice my interview technique, which was amazing because I didn't get nervous because I didn't think it was real. And they took me on <laughs> as their features writer, if I'm honest, because the other people interviewing knew exactly what they were doing and I didn't, so they had to pay, they could pay me a lot less and train me okay, on the job. Right. So that's the real reason I got the job. <laughs> uh, but thankfully I did. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So features writer, right. That sounds like pretty pretty full on for a first job. It was a pretty cool first job. I mean, the pay was poorer than pitiful, but I got to do some amazing things that you just don't get the opportunity to do, like the stately homes and gardens that you'd expect, but yeah. also I used to test drive cars, right? Uh, do hotel stays, go on holiday. I went to the Caribbean on a cruise <laughs> for 10 days, and it was five star and... There were Michelin-starred restaurants on board. That was my job. Wow. Bonkers. Wow. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, So yeah. although I was commuting to London, which was soulless, and I barely got paid, so I was eating mostly rice, I was having a really <laughs> fun time. Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. That variety is great, isn't it? Yeah, and I had a very good teacher in the deputy editor at the time who was called right. Rupert Uloth. He basically taught me how to be a journalist and okay. was very kind and patient. And yeah, he taught me to write properly, really. Okay, cool. Do you think your university degree was useful at this stage? I mean, I thought it was, but actually, uh, with reference to my pretentious poetry again, just actually gave me uh, a love of long words and of spinning a sentence out unnecessarily. And journalism right. is the opposite of that. Right, okay, and journalism okay. taught me to be a copywriter, really, because okay. you have to let go of your pride and accept that no one really cares about you behind the words. You've got to fit it into a column or a page, and then, depending on what happens with the news, because Country Life does have news, <laughs> uh, you, can, you have to condense it down or make it longer or completely scrap it all together or it might go in a future issue right just okay. have to keep changing your artistry all of the time right artistry and advertent commas yeah. so yeah it, it teaches you a good skill <laughs> okay yeah 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 i think i saw someone post something maybe on linkedin the other day that was something along the lines of you know when you're at school or uni you're, you're told that you have to write a minimum of ten thousand word essay and then when yeah. you come out into the kind of real world as people like to say it's like get your get your point across in 10 words <laughs> yeah i never struggled with the essays i could blabber on for hours yeah and write quite quickly but being concise and saying what you actually mean in a short amount of time is much harder which right. is the same thing as it is on people's websites because mm -hmm. people think they have to get all of this stuff in and the slightly soul crushing thing is that nobody's reading it because <laughs> we yeah. all have the attention span of a gnat. Yeah. So you have to get exactly what you want to say into a very short space of time or at the very least get it so that if you scan down the page you can get the gist of what they say because mm -hmm. 
with Facebook and videos and YouTube and our attention span is low and nobody is reading it. Which is so crushing for me because that's my (laughs) job. But my job is to make sure people do read it. So it has to be compelling enough that you want to get to the end of it no matter what the subject matter is. Yeah, sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've often wondered that, like who reads everything on a website because sometimes there can be a lot and you're Mm. thinking no one's going to read that but then some people must read stuff, I guess. Your mother. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right, okay. (laughs) Um, I think... With most of this stuff, if you've already decided that you want to do business with that person or if you're if you're a bit on the fence, then you do go and read more and see if they're the sort of person for you. And the bits that really get read are the about me okay. pages on people's websites. Yeah. Well, depending on the industry. But for most in most cases, especially health and wellness, those ones, people want to know that you're the sort of person they want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um Less so for solicitors. I've done a lot of solicitors' websites. The language they use has to be really not that personable and quite highfalutin and, if anything, a bit over the top because that's what you want from your solicitor. You want him to be able to destroy your opposition or run your divorce perfectly and you want him to be able to to be elevated beyond what you could do yourself. So you have to use a bit of a purposefully complicated and convoluted language it's odd right okay but mostly that's not the case and you want to yeah. be friendly and approachable <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's about picking picking the language to suit the the intended Target clients audience. and customers yeah yeah yeah. So, okay. yeah you can have two businesses on the same road in the same town that do the same thing but they have a different target audience and they have a different language that they want to speak and a different language that they should speak it's all about the tone mm-hmm mm-hmm Okay, okay. I, I going slightly off topic. We'll get back to your um, your your history and everything <laughs> experience. But I uh, I don't know if I should say this on the podcast because I might change it. But I had this idea the other day that instead of having an about us section, I've changed my about us to be about you. So I've like when you hit on about currently as we speak <laughs> while we're recording this, it goes to like what I think my ideal client should be, like who they are, who they'd be. Mm-hmm. If they're interested in working with me, I is that ridiculous? Or? It's different, <laughs> so no. But nothing's ridiculous, really. Like your your website has to be a reflection of you, and if that's the way you think and you are, then it's never going to be okay. wrong. It's just the way you express it that has the potential to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Okay. <laughs> anyway, just wanted to run that by. Okay, um, approved. <laughs> so uh, you're doing this cool job for Country Life, going and. Um, going on cruises around the world and driving race cars and things. What happens next then? So I was getting up. I never moved to London, even though everyone said I should. And Country Life was based in, is, no, was based in London. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was commuting from Sussex every day. And it got a lot. Yeah, right. uh, How long was that? uh, It was an hour and three quarters, but my station was pretty sporadic with whether the trains ran to there or not. Ouch. Once you get trapped in Clapham Junction in the dark a few too many times and it's raining. I mean Clapham Junction when it's sunny, but when it's raining even worse. <laughs> so that was it. That was the nail yeah. in the coffin. So right. I 
luckily saw a job advertised that was for the deputy editor of Sussex Life magazine, which is just a slightly lower budget version, but on a more local scale. Right. So I became a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Okay, okay. Which was good for my ego. And also for my career, because I didn't have to uh, commute to London, and I still got to do cool stuff, although nowhere near as cool as country life, but (laughs) still cool. Um, So yeah, it was a smaller version of the same thing, but that was where I went next. Right, okay, okay. And um, yeah, I mean, hour and three quarters commuting is too much really, isn't it? Definitely is. Although I'm learning in Herefordshire, especially where I am, everything is about an hour and a half away. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) And people seem to think that's not a big deal once you get used to it here. At least you. How far is it? An hour and a half. Oh, that's that's pretty close. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I guess in London you travel about a mile in that time. (laughs) Well, in West Sussex, I was spoiled for things to see and do on on a train or in the car, even. Everything was quite close. And (laughs) yeah, this is the downside of the remote nature of Herefordshire. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, did you did you sort of learn as much at, uh, at Sussex Life? Do you think was it a definitely good not? If I'm honest, um, I used all the things I learnt at Country Life, um, and used them yeah at Sussex Life. And then, unsurprisingly, looking back, I got a little bit bored of Sussex Life and right. decided to do B two B publishing, which is. So Country Life and Sussex Life are B2C, business to consumer. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to expand my repertoire. And so I went into B2B publishing, um, okay. which was about food, specifically bakery. Right. Uh, which is something I know nothing about still, despite the fact that I now edit a bakery magazine. Right. <laughs> but I can't bake. I can write about it, though. I know all of the words. Okay, okay. Mm. I can speak with real authority. Okay. <laughs> so you went, uh, you went, changed jobs at this point, did you, to, to yes, the bakery yes, publication? Yes, so I went uh, another p- local publishing house in Sussex and did, uh, was working as their content writer on a bakery magazine. And then I got headhunted, which was fun. Mm. Didn't know that was a real thing. Uh, <laughs> to work on a an even less glamorous title, but I was lured across to a, a magazine called Utility Week, which <laughs> doesn't sound glamorous and wasn't glamorous, but oh my God, everyone at the company was so nice. Oh yeah. And they were when I interviewed and they just proved to be as nice as I thought they were going to be. Oh, they were cool. so nice because publishing and the media in particular is cutthroat. Mm-hmm. And right. People appear nice and they're not that nice. And right. actually, do they want you to succeed? I don't know. But everyone at that, at Utility Week, and the whole publishing house were so nice. And they were so nice till the day I left. Oh, that's um, cool. So, totally boring subject. But actually really fun because they were really nice. That's what, what it's all about, I guess, people, isn't it? Yeah. And it served <laughs> me in good stead because it taught me the art of turning really techie, acronym-laden, jargon-filled text into stuff that you actually want to read. Right, And that kind of has become an unintentional niche. Right. (laughs) And I still get jobs now. I write for a shipping company uh, called, a shipping and events company called Informa, which is fairly massive international company. Mm -hmm. Um, I write some of their marketing materials. And 
yeah, that's what it is. It's it's turning really convoluted, techy, sorry, informal, but boring mm. subject matter into something you actually want to read, whether you're yeah. uh, in the industry or not. So that's what I do. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. But why do you think the rest of uh, other publishing houses or the media in general is like that kind of cutthroat like nastiness? I don't know. Honestly, it's like the Devil Wears Prada. Have you ever seen it, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it is like that. Um, people, I, mean, I don't know. Is it the kind it of potential glamour of the getting to the top or something? Yeah, I mean, country life wasn't like that. Yeah. Speak about it in golden terms, but it it just wasn't. It was a really, <laughs> really nice place to work. Yeah. But um, yeah, everywhere else, kind of cutthroat. Right. Okay. You Interesting. Think, yeah. Yeah. I, I just something to do with publishing, and I've everyone I've spoken to who's worked in publishing has had the same experiences. I think, but you just have to be quite tough and not listen to people. Right. Okay. That's what I did because quite stubborn <laughs> right, okay, okay. so I didn't mind too much <laughs> okay okay so um at, at what point did you decide to start your own business then or go freelance well I when I was at utility week working for the lovely people at Faversham House um that's the publishing company right I started writing websites and emails and newsletters and best man speeches mm-hmm. for <laughs> friends of mine Oh, resignation letters, that was another oh, yeah. <laughs> anything really. And I got some money for it and found it really rewarding mm-hmm. because if you use the right words in the right places, you can change somebody's business. You can, especially a smaller business, but mm-hmm. also really big ones, you can get them noticed by their target audience. Mm-hmm. And watching a business go to the front page of Google because of what you've written mm. and knowing the business that they're going to get can sit back and go yeah I did that yeah that's pretty <laughs> that's cool. cool yeah I really yeah. really liked that so I had a pipe dream that I was going to start my own business and do this full-time mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't brave enough so I got a part-time job in events in at the end of 2019 see where this is going in <laughs> events <laughs> yeah and then my was March 2020 and there were no events. Yeah, so yeah. I got made redundant because I was the last one in. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't bravely jump into doing my copywriting full time. I was definitely pushed. Yeah. And yeah. I definitely cried a little bit. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> Not a little bit. Um, but it's gone really well. Yeah. Um, I've won a couple of new startup awards, uh, fastest growing new startup awards. Oh, wow. Um, I. Managed to triple my business within three months. Wow. Um, I've taken on three members of staff. Um, got investors. It feels like a real grown-up business now. Wow. <laughs> okay. So um, let's talk about all that. <laughs> <laughs> How did you manage to triple your business in three months then? What do you, what do you uh, put it down I to? I got a business mentor, even uh-huh. though uh, I had no money. really no money Mm -hmm. um I invested in a business mentor because I knew I was really good at what I do Mm -hmm. but I wasn't really good at business I just didn't Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was doing in terms of a business yeah and I didn't know how to reach people or where to reach them or what to say and how to say it and oh I had the best business mentors still have 
the best business mentors and yeah um they literally tell you what to say and when to say it and um yeah what to wear where to go networking right okay. how to present yourself so they kind of spoon fed it to me and it just worked right like i just i credit it entirely to them okay yeah, it just worked so you went out and uh, yeah met the right people and uh uh, and got the business in basically yeah said the right things wore the right colors you wouldn't believe the detail it goes into really yeah oh, right. okay. colors that sell colors that don't sell and, and how did you find those uh particular business mentors that you had i mean where did you find them i met someone at a networking group in brighton mm-hmm. and she said how's business going and i said not that well um but I don't really understand why, because I'm really good at it, immodestly. But I was like, yeah. I am, I'm really, really yeah. good at this, <laughs> but I'm not getting much business and right. I don't understand. And she was like, come on this course. And, um, and she didn't even say it was business mentorship, but she said, this will help. And I said, I can't afford to go on the course. She said, oh, I'll pay for you to go on the course. And I think I even said I couldn't afford the train because it was in London and she paid for the train as well. Oh, She's wow. like my fairy godmother. Wow, <laughs> okay. And... Yeah, I went on the course and uh, signed up for the mentorship as a result, even though, honestly, I didn't have two pennies to run, rub together. And I've never looked back. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Okay, so she must have had some pretty strong belief in you then at that stage and uh, what you could do. I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm very grateful for her. She's a, still a very good friend of mine now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's but become a, a very good friend of mine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, amazing, cool, okay, and um, okay. So you've taken you've you've taken people on now as well. You're saying yeah. yes, as permanent members so of staff. So they write for me on a contractual basis. So um, they have contracts that were my contracts that they now produce for me, and I'm kind of the gatekeeper. It comes through me, mm-hmm. um, so nothing leaves the business without going through me um Mm -hmm. but i'm not necessarily doing all of the writing anymore Mm -hmm. so clients pay for the result um but if they specifically want me to do it they pay a bit more for the result yeah (laughs) sure okay um and yeah that's that's how it's working and getting people in to do proofreading um because it's very hard to spot your own mistakes, even if you're great at writing. Mm-hmm. You read what you think you've written, not what you actually wrote. Mm-hmm. Number of times you miss out a word or yeah, yeah. an apostrophe. Terrifying. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, actually. When you, I, I, I can see that when you sort of think that you've written something mm. a certain way, and then you read it. I guess yeah, your brain's kind of still thinking that you've yeah done it that way and you think you're really studying it and you're going through every word but you're not your brain thinks what you, uh, sees what it thinks is there not what is actually there it's really hard to prove your own work yeah yeah okay okay if only I've known that in university <laughs> not that I could have hired a proofreader could have got someone to do it <laughs> could have got someone yeah yeah but it's funny that though isn't it because I think when you're maybe at university and learning that kind of stuff you don't get taught that actually you could get someone to help to do something yeah absolutely you kind of get taught you have to do it all yourself yeah yeah that's definitely true but 
maybe part of the skill of learning it in the first place is editing your own work. Mm-hmm. Although they never minded it being so long and flowery at university, so there wasn't a lot of editing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they right. They encouraged all of the, the waffle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure everybody's isn't waffle. Mine was definitely waffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I, I did mechanical engineering at university, so there wasn't much like essay writing and stuff. But we did this one business module, and um, I always think it's quite funny, but they, they set a, a, an essay for us to do, and, you know, which was unheard of in mechanical engineering degree. But the essay was uh, a thousand words. That's not even an essay. I know, and, <laughs> and get this, <laughs> it was in teams of four as well. What? <laughs> so you had to yeah, write. Do I write like 200 words? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on, have I done the maths? Uh, 250, four, six, yeah. Eight, oh. <laughs> I can do words, not maths. <laughs> but yeah, I know, it was, uh, it was hilarious. It, words were not our, our thing. How did you write an essay in a team? I don't understand. I seem to remember it was like we sort of wrote a paragraph each and then one of us like just... Is it like when you write on a piece of paper, like, um, name of a boy, fold over, name yeah, of exactly, a girl, fold exactly. over, like, he met her at name of a place and you just went round and did the whole essay like Exactly. That. I think, I think, yeah, I think it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> I, I possibly think I might have just done the whole thing because I, I did, like, um, oh. Political well, studies at A level, you see. So I, I, I'd done some writing. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people just hadn't really done any writing for like the last we like, leave two, this to three me. years. Leave this to me. I've it's got like this. I got this. I got these thousand <laughs> words. <laughs> I'll take this one. You can all, all buy me a beer afterwards. No, I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, it's quite funny. Not like a, yeah, everyone doing English and doing like thirty thousand word essays and things. Yeah. And not even struggling to write so many words. Don't think yeah. I could do it now. <laughs> Probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good skill to sort of condense it down and uh, and everything, isn't it? So yeah, it's much harder to write a paragraph than it is to write a whole web page to get all the information you need into less space. That's mm. the skill. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was saying to you when when you came in then about the the meetup that that I run. Yeah. yeah. That's why we do ten second intros instead of thir you know thirty or sixty second yeah, intros. Same skill to kind of challenge people to put across what they do in as few words as possible. Because I think a lot of the time, you know, people do these 60 second intros, they start and they say what they do, and then they basically start waffling and everyone starts just thinking about what the hell they're gonna say for 60 yeah. seconds. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> so quite a lot of copywriters charge by the word, mm -hmm. which makes no sense because that encourages them to waffle. Yeah. In yeah. my humble opinion, sorry, other copywriters. No, no, that's, <laughs> I think that's a fair point. How do you work out your charges then out of interest? Um, I, use, I started by doing it by the hour, mm -hmm. and then I've changed it now to by the project. So, Because you pay for the result, not for how many words or how long it takes. Mm -hmm. If yeah. it's good, it's good. Yeah. So you pay for the result. Yeah, and it's fair enough if that can take like five minutes or might take you five hours, but yeah, exactly it's the that. result the yeah. result they're after. It only takes five minutes because you've spent like ten years. I mean learning it never journalism. takes me five minutes, I wish it did. No, I'm sure, I'm sure, but but yeah, we I'm get done. <laughs> But we get that in photography as well, you know, because you can turn up to a job. Like these days I could turn up set up, you know, a headshot setup for example and, and have a, a decent headshot 
in my humble opinion, <laughs> for, <laughs> you know, in, in not very long, in sort of 15, 20 minutes or something, yeah. I suppose, at a, at a push. But, and then if you're charging by the hour, if someone comes and says, well, it only took you 20 minutes, you're like, yeah, but it took me, you know, 10 years of practice <laughs> to get to the point of being able to do it in 10 minutes. Yeah, so. exactly that. So you pay for the result. It's the same thing. Yeah, okay. So you, you have like different charges for different types of project or results. So it might be a blog post to do X or a uh, web page. Yes. I mean, I have, I have various packages whereby you get a certain number of blogs a month or a week or mm -hmm. a certain amount of blogs and blogs. It's not a word. <laughs> blogs and a newsletter, um, which is kind of a a compilation mixtape of oh showing my age <laughs> <laughs> a compilation of the blogs that you then put out uh, just kind of email marketing and brand awareness right okay to your mailing list okay yeah um but yeah various packages but the short answer is yes uh, you figure out have an initial consultation and figure out what exactly it is they want to achieve mm -hmm. rather than what they think they want because mm -hmm. quite often what they think they want isn't going to get the result that they want. Okay. So just kind of coming to a, quite often a different conclusion and then working out how much that's that's worth and yeah. going from there. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, and when you have that initial consultation and then if, if, if you sort of if one of your writers is going to do the the work mm. do you bring would you bring your writer into that consultation or no. you do that and then i haven't even met them the writers oh, right, of okay. corona yeah. i haven't even met them yeah, face -face. Of course, yeah, but yeah. uh no because it doesn't matter that matters the result that they get is what matters it doesn't matter who wrote it or yeah yeah no no i don't uh, i uh, yeah i agree with that i just wondering how you what's the clever word disseminate the information is that the right <laughs> we'll go word with disseminate. Is that the right um, word? communicate <laughs> <laughs> tell them how do you tell them what to say dissipate <laughs> <laughs> um how do i tell the writers what the person wants yeah i guess so, what i'm interested in is how if you've had that initial consultation with someone yeah um how do you then make sure that they're going to get the result that they want if it's one of your people doing it. And I, I know obviously, you know, pretty much every company mm -hmm. in the world does this. I'm just interested in that little <laughs> part of the process. So it's actually probably easier. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, it definitely is. It's easier that the writer that's doing it isn't there because, again, what people say they want, you mm -hmm. can translate as actually what they want. Right. If they're... Uh, an example of that, let me think. So people say um, they want it to take X amount of time or they want a web page that's this many paragraphs and this is the people... Like, a lot of that initial meeting is figuring out who their target market is. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot of back and forward about that because quite often... No, not quite often. Sometimes it, what people think is their target market really isn't. Or they, they want to market to someone, and but all of their clients are entirely a different demographic to that. And you have to have a conversation over, do you like your clients? Do you want them to stay like this? Or do you want, do you want to go where you say you want to go? Because that will alienate everyone you've already got here. Right, so we okay. need to, to figure out, and there isn't usually a middle, middle ground. You can't keep all your clients and target someone entirely new. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, it's figuring out the language that they, they want to use. But... 
then I can go back in a far more concise way and say, right, this is what they need. This is how we're going to do it. Okay, so I make the yeah. plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then okay. I just can communicate the plan. Okay, yeah. So we need I see to do what this, mean. this, and this by this date, and this is how we're going to do it, and this is the language they need to speak. Right, okay. And, and they'll, yeah, they'll just pick that up and say, mm. right, yep, yeah, I can do that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah. And, um, you said you had some investors involved now as well then, is that? Um, so, gone into partnership with uh, two of their husband and wife who, and they are basically experts at scaling businesses. Okay. And right. they saw my business and liked what was happening with it and basically I'm using their business expertise and my exact business because I was very concerned about I was going to lose the essence of my business and who I am and what right. it does but yeah. that's not what they're going to do so they've they between them have made I think it was at least eight or nine multi-million pound businesses right. um, and they they said that they are basically teaching me how to scale a business and mm. in return taking a percentage of the profits from the business yeah. uh, and providing pipelines to the business and through the business from their other companies. Mm -hmm. So there will be uh, more profits coming through, um, but slightly less going to me. So it swings yeah, around about, yeah. so it's a bit frightening. It's, <laughs> I'm going through it at the moment, which is why I'm talking about it in the future tense. Yeah, sure. Um, so this is about to happen. And cool. Pretty, I'm pretty convinced it's a good thing, but it's still fairly terrifying. Yeah, I bet, I bet. I got a letter from Company's House saying I was now a director, and that was <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny thing, isn't it? <laughs> You're like, yeah. That sounds a bit grown up. <laughs> it does. It sounds like a real grown up. Yeah, And yeah. it says underneath that you now have to make... Uh, make your listings public and you're responsible to, it says something about being responsible to the Queen. Terrifying. <laughs> Only a copywriter would read all that stuff. <laughs> I actually did. <laughs> I'm sure I did, really. Just for the purposes of the podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, that sounds very, very exciting. Um, but yeah, I, I can imagine like having people kind of with an interest in, what, you know, financial interest in what you're doing. Does that kind of change? Because before that, you're purely your own boss and everything, and you yeah. can do. Does it feel a bit more like you're not quite your own boss, or is it still? Are they, I guess, they're still obviously letting you have a lot so more control of it. Very definitely, and we've talked we talked it through a lot. It's very definitely a partnership, even though I'm definitely using their expertise. But as they pointed out. There is no business without my expertise, so it's not just me learning from them. Because mm. without me, it doesn't work. Yeah, um, sure. But it's 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 pretty scary. But hopefully, it's going to be a very positive thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's that thing. It's better to have a slightly smaller percentage of a very large pie, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, definitely that. <laughs> Still scary though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Are you allowed to talk about the plans of how that's going to work, or? Um, I think they're just going to help me take on and manage staff, which I have very little experience of. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, just scale it up in that way so that I can be 
doing less of the delivery and more of the marketing and the sales of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then only doing the delivery t- that I pick and choose of special yeah. clients that I really love. Yeah, nice. Um, uh, and yeah, be able to, to grow it into a much big business because it'll be working without me because all mm-hmm. of the other copywriters will be um, learning, hopefully, from me as we go and mm-hmm. um, earning me money. Strange to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it sounds, uh, sounds very exciting. Oh, I'm a bit squeaky then, talking about it. Money, <laughs> money. <laughs> um, I guess, like, yeah, looking back, I mean, it's been a pretty short time frame, really, hasn't it, since you lost your job in the events industry to now? We're talking, like, just over a year, really, aren't we? Yeah. 15 months or something. Yeah. And you've gone from, like, <laughs> zero to... Scaling. So hero. Oh, <laughs> zero to hero. <laughs> I really thought that was coming. I was like, yes. No, no, I'll try not okay, to. Not hero, you know. Zero to. But no, zero. you know, zero to this point where you're, you know, you've grown it massively and you're about to scale it. That's, that seems pretty quick, but quite a whirlwind. It definitely is a whirlwind, and it's all happened very fast. And can't quite believe it but at the same time I'm really excited about it so I'm quite keen yeah. to be caught up in the whirlwind yeah yeah it all cool. seems a bit unbelievable yeah I'm very excited about it yeah I'll bet excellent so um who you know who should we send your way like if people are listening to this and who's your who's your kind of ideal client then so anybody who is even slightly embarrassed of their website never be embarrassed of your website like that is (laughs) that's your shop front that's where people find out who you are and if it doesn't say exactly who you are or it doesn't speak to your target market change it so Mm -hmm. it's those people but it's also larger companies who have uh, more of a marketing budget because I do a lot of internal and external emails and newsletters and emails from the boss to the rest of the company right. um, and uh, work, doing work for a, a dental surgeon in London who is an incredible dental surgeon but heavily dyslexic can barely write a short letter so I email his highfalutin clients and talk about what he does and why he does it and why it's important right, um, cool. and I talk about things I don't really understand but he helps me through it <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, copywriting always seems like quite a, a cool thing to do because for a few Jacken, reasons. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it is because, I mean, I actually quite enjoy writing as well, believe it or not, but, <laughs> <laughs> which is a very weird thing to do if, for me to say, like if you'd have known what I was like at school oh, when really? it came to English and stuff, it just wasn't my thing, or at least that's what I was told. But, um, <laughs> oh, that's not very nice. But... Um, yeah, I quite enjoy it, but I, I think, um, I don't know, it does seem quite cool. You kind of sit down at your laptop, you know, work some words. And I think the other cool thing that, that strikes me, like, we, you know, we're sitting here in my studio surrounded by gear and stuff. Basically, to be a copywriter, you pretty much just need a laptop, I think, right? Yeah, and dogs. And dogs, yeah. Yeah, that's part of it. You need, you need dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so I work... Uh, I was going to say largely, totally, in my kitchen, surrounded by dogs. How many? In the middle of the countryside. Okay, not surrounded. There's two. Okay. But one's quite big, so she kind <laughs> okay. of surrounds me. Kind of surrounds <laughs> you when she lies down. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right, okay. 
yeah, I mean, yeah, that seems uh, that seems quite nice. It is a cool job. I think Corona has spawned a lot of copywriters for that very reason. Right. Okay. Uh, someone not... asked me the other day, was I worried about that? But no, because I'm really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> and immodest. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I, I I think that's quite refreshing, really, to hear someone say yes. I'm really good at what Play I do. Play their own trumpet. Yeah, because we kind of, I don't know, in our sort of country and culture, we're sort of taught, it seems like we're often taught not to do that, aren't we, as we're growing that, up? That's kind of why I have a job, though, because we can all write to a degree, but it's really hard to talk about yourself, and we are British, and it's really cringe to talk about how great you are and how you're better than your competitors, and there's mm. nobody like you, Uh which is why you get somebody else to do it for you. Mm, okay. You, it's hard to talk about yourself because we're too all too modest, but you're also coming at it from the inside. You're inside your industry looking out, and what you think are perfectly normal terms are not. So I come at it from the outside, and I'm able to translate what you think is normal into the language your audience wants to hear. Mm, okay, cool. That's my thing. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I have the same thing with photography because I'll go in and people will say, oh, there's nothing interesting to photograph here, really. And you're like, oh, from an outsider's perspective, it's amazing. You know, <laughs> look at all this kit and, you know, this is going to look look amazing on a photo or a video. And, yeah, it's I suppose it's a similar kind of thing. Yeah. Taking the mundane and making it look, or in your case, sound cool. Same deal. Yeah, nice. We've got the same job. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, making people look and sound cool. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. Excellent. Well, um, again, people can find you at agirlofmyword.com. Mm-hmm. Or co.uk, if you prefer. Oh, you got the, yeah, obviously. That's got the, right. Got the co.uk as well. <laughs> Check you out. <laughs> Good. Um, and on the LinkedIn as well. Yep. You're pretty, yeah. pretty active on the LinkedIn's. Yep, I think I'm, yeah, pretty active on LinkedIn, pretty... F- Findable, cool. not, a, not a word, children. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's make it a word. Okay. <laughs> uh, anywhere else people should go to uh, to find out about you or uh, to contact no, you? No, the website would be a good start. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's Excellent. where I am. And you can get an instant quote on there and all my contact details are on there and there's examples of my work. It's everything you need to know. Our testimonials by the shed load. Oh, yeah. Happy Excellent. clients. That's what we like. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Well, um, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for having um, me. And having a chat. And we should say thank you to Claire Owen for introducing us. Thank you, well. Claire Owen. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's been, uh, it's been good fun. And uh, I'm really excited to uh, sort of see how you, what you do with this and, and how you scale it and where it goes. Scary. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that'll be cool. You'll be great. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Thank you. You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.